Hi, this is your host, Sublim Bhartia, and welcome to another episode of TFR Let's Talk. And today we have with us once again, Michelle McLean, VP of Marketing at Salt Security. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show. It's always fun to talk with you, Swapneel. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about the findings of uh, Salt Security's third quarter 2022 State of API Security Report. I mean, you and I have talked so many times, so I want to know, you know, from this report's perspective, uh, how different or how similar are some of the findings from the previous uh, report? Yeah, that's fair. So we, you know, this is a really fast changing market. So we actually conduct this report every six months. And just a quick reminder, it's a combination of both sentiment, like survey data, and reality, because we're able to pull statistics from the SALT SaaS cloud, where we have customers you know, with you know, billions and billions of API calls <laughs> represented in that, in that SaaS data. So in terms of what's similar is we are still seeing a fairly high percentage of folks getting impacted or having at least some form of API security incident in the past 12 months. So in this most recent survey, it was 94%. Sometimes it's just that they've discovered a vulnerability. It doesn't mean that you know, something catastrophic has happened. But in this past survey, more than 20% uh, reported having a data breach of some sort. So that is pretty significant and, and f- obviously fairly unfortunate. Another uh, result that's pretty similar is the percentage of APIs exposing PII, personally identified identifiable information or other sensitive data. It's very, very high. It's at 91%. And one other area that continues to persist is when you ask people what they're most concerned about from an API security incident, from an API security perspective, and you share things like this kind of incident or finding a vulnerability or shadow APIs, zombie APIs, zombie APIs, those APIs that we know are out there but not very highly used, and probably should have been deprecated, that remains far and away the biggest concern for everybody, coming in at 42% saying that's their greatest greatest concern. That's triple any other finding. So, And we're still seeing a very high rate of change for APIs as well. Um, in terms of a few things that are new, um, we're seeing increase in the use of GraphQL. I think that's really interesting because people need to understand that GraphQL works a little differently than other API formats, and it can create some additional API security uh, challenges. The other thing that's changed a bit is for the first time, and maybe the macro conditions are to blame here, but for the first time, budget was the number one reason given for why people are struggling to implement stronger API security strategies. It's always been people and expertise until now, and this one, it was budget. So I think those are some of the, the findings that we've really zeroed in on in terms of some commonalities and some new areas. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned some, I do want to get into detail uh, to some of the points that you mentioned, but I also want to talk about, uh, we kind of live in an API-driven world. So from a security's perspective, uh, what kind of, you know, unique challenges, you know, it poses to the security teams, uh, not only companies, but also uh, players like, you know, Salt Security. Yeah, it's super interesting. You know, I've been in security for a while and, and different application uh, constructs really affect security, right? I, I, the company I was at more, more recently was uh, focused on container and Kubernetes security. And the thing that's always been true is that this application development change 
has changed the attack surface, but not the attacks. And I think what's super interesting in the area of API security is that the attacks themselves are different. That's a relatively new phenomenon and it really bears understanding by the people charged with trying to secure this infrastructure to really dig into how are these attacks happening? How are they different? And why is the mechanism that, that bad actors are, are using, why are those mechanisms so much harder for our existing tooling to find? And I think that's the big eye-opener for people as we're going through the education phase with them is just understanding they literally attack differently. And that makes, makes our job harder. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna say that there's a blessing and a curse to it. The, the curse is that it's very drawn out, it's very slow, they're very deliberate because what's going on? To attack your APIs versus my APIs, they have to learn your APIs and then my APIs, right? They're not gonna be common. So all that reconnaissance time is what makes it challenging to detect these attacks because they're not going after preset stuff, rule-based stuff and, and having some sort of grand assault all at once. It's very slow and deliberate. So that's why they fly under the radar. But the upside is you have time to see this bad behavior given the right constructs and you can intercept at step five, step six, step seven, and know that, that this person still hasn't reached their ultimate objective. So it's, it's a very changed world, but you do have time to respond. As we have discussed earlier with security, awareness was a challenge, of course. Skill set was a challenge. Now you mentioned budget and also the economy where we're heading things, you know, uh, sometimes things, uh, analysts, economists, they try to paint a gloomy picture. It may or may not be depending on how we respond to it, but budget might, and budget is something that you literally have no control over. So how much concern do you have when it comes to this challenge, and once again, uh, this is the direction we are heading. So there is no way out, you know. We are, everybody is moving to cloud, APIs. So uh, how do you exactly. look at it? And how do you also kind of, you know, uh, see that, hey, you know what? We should not worry. These are the things that we can do to help organizations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I was just on the phone with a CISO the other morning, and we were talking about exactly this issue. When something in the landscape changes, when there's a new you know, threat on the horizon. How do you get the organization behind that? And, you know, he made the observation that security budgets, one, they tend to be a little more insulated from these macro conditions than other budgets because most companies understand they just can't afford to take the risk on this front. So they're, they're more likely to curb some other initiative that might might curb growth or something like that, but this isn't the area in general where they tend to make cuts. And the second observation he had was, you know, he's, he's always able to paint the picture of the broader priorities that the company is chartered with and making the, the um, argument for how foundational, particularly APIs are, right? He's able to tie very directly API security into several critical initiatives that the company's undergoing, whether it's the cloud migration, whether it's app modernization, whether it's new applications that they're trying to roll out. And most companies are now in bed with many other partners. So they're trying to do these initiatives, not even alone, but with these other partners. And that kind of collaboration 
is entirely API driven. And so he's able to paint a very vivid picture of here's how this directly influences our ability to succeed with these big picture initiatives and make the case that he can't, he can't do the infrastructure and ignore the security. He's got to bring them together for these projects to succeed. So I think what we'll find is while budget was cited as a lead concern for building an optimum API security strategy, I, we do see companies that are very API driven, very API first, able to make the case that they have to be together. The infrastructure and the security changes have to come together for the company to have success. So the bottom line is budget is not going to have that much impact. But I am also concerned that there are a lot of companies who do have CISOs, but there are a lot of companies who are like either relatively new or, you know, they do kind of, you know, uh, they still have the mindset of, you know, security is an afterthought kind of thing. We, we still have a lot of companies there. So how do you look at them? Uh, or do you like, hey, no, that's not a concern. We have moved past this phase. Everybody's taking security very, very seriously. I think that there are differences in the security maturity of different organizations, but I don't know that there are major differences in how much they end up caring about it. So their ability to drive really large scale security projects might be a little bit more hampered, but I think everybody understands, you know, you just, you can't escape the headlines. Uh, and there's been way too many headlines with API security front and center. So I, I don't think it's a, a conscious uh, denial of the scope of the problem. I, I do think companies have different abilities to take advantage of security programs. Uh, just given their maturity, given their scale, given the the knowledge of, of the people in their organizations. The good news is in an area that's newer like this, you have a lot of resources out there. The OWASP API top 10 list and all the education that goes with it, there are courses and white papers and, and live demos of this. Like teams can, without budget, really get a lot of good education that they need to become conversant in how these attacks are different and what their own developers need to be thinking about from um, an API construction standpoint to get better, uh, you know, more hardened APIs in place. So I think there's a lot of resources out there because the industry is very focused on solving these challenges. You also talked about the, the kind of growing adoption of GraphQL. Can you talk about you know uh, the security concerns that are there, and you know once again, uh, what are you folks you know? Uh, let's look at the security concerns, and then we'll of course talk about uh, what can be done to mitigate those. Yeah. So I think the thing to realize is GraphQL gives the developer the opportunity to embed a whole lot of information into a single API call, so it simplifies their life. Historically, with REST APIs, you would ask for one specific thing, you get one specific thing back. And with GraphQL, you can have some nested uh, in queries, right? If at the end of the day, it's, it's a query language. And what can happen, the security concern that people need to be aware of is that with these nested queries, you can get very, very far away from the original calls where you were doing the authentication and doing the authorization. And it, it can become a little easier to manipulate these APIs to insert requests for information, account information, customer information that you're actually not authorized to have. And 
with nested queries the way that they are with GraphQL, you can miss the fact that there hasn't been authentication. Or people can, can think that these APIs are working in conjunction with AP, other APIs and those APIs handled the identification of the person, right? The authorization and the authentication. And in a subsequent call, there can be a standalone request for information not tied to particular authentication. And that's where things can go awry. So that's the area to be looking at is understanding the structure of these nested queries and making sure that you are following that that, that that authentication and authorization is following the very specific requests that you're making in later asks in that GraphQL API. Now, if we look at this specific report, as you said, you know, you folks do it at a regular uh, pace. Uh, yeah. When you look at them, and we have talked about this earlier, you know, what are the biggest concerns that you see that you know you worries you? Uh, not actually keep you awake at night, but you know that keeps yeah. companies, you know, their security teams awake at night. What do you see there? Yeah, I think you know you were asking the other day, or the other day, you were asking a few minutes ago about like the companies that prioritize it and don't prioritize it. Every now and then, you you do get this read from people that maybe they won't be attacked, right? Like we're not a super attractive target. We're not we're not Facebook. We're not LinkedIn. And I'm telling you, I, th I think something that still gives me pause is attacks are really widespread across the SALT customer base. And we do have some household names in our customer base, for sure. But we have plenty of you know, B2B brands that aren't well known that wouldn't be an obvious public attack. And yet we have 34%, more than a third of our customers are enduring more than 100 attacks a month. That's a lot to deal with. And I just think people shouldn't be complacent that they might not be an attractive target. Data is data, data is sellable. And whatever your data is, whether or not there's like PR value in me as a bad actor making you look bad, there's still probably something very valuable for me to try to extract from your systems. And so I think that that, you know, I get, I get anxious on behalf of, of folks at how widespread these attacks are. And, you know, again, another third had a data exposure incident. That's a lot. That's really a lot. So, you know, I just think awareness continues to be an, an, an issue. It's growing, but I just think people can get a little complacent. After all, we've had APIs for a long time, and that can breed complacency. I just think people understanding how attractive APRs are as a target for bad actors, people just keep having... They, need to keep reminding themselves of that and take the appropriate steps to protect their, their data. Right. And when we look at API security, uh, I mean, the security market is a kind of different kind of beast. You know, of course, there are uh, bad commercial actors. They are just enthusiasts. And then there are state-sponsored, you know, attacks happen. Then there's a big market, you know, which could be also uh, surveillance or security or you know spy agencies that there's vulnerability they don't there's a market not to disclose it so they can exploit it for their own purposes you know so the market is very very big and uh, that is the traditional security market how different is the API market from that market and once again going back to that how concerned should we be yeah I think we've seen a pretty broad range um, I think more opportunistic more I you know I, th I think we're seeing more, um, you know, folks who've been able to figure out how to do account manipulation, crypto manipulation, things like that. So I think there's a little bit more of the um, data extraction and account manipulation for 
for financial gain. I think that's been a little bit more prominent in this area. You also see good white hat activity, which benefits everybody. Because when those stories come out and the notion of um, you know, what happened and what can we learn from this, that's super helpful. So we see that in the wild in terms of you know, Brian Krebs covering stuff that happened at Experian, for example, with a white hat, um, the hacker doing that, that investigation. Salt Labs, of course, does this kind of white hat hacking and then publishes the results anonymously. No, no need to embarrass anybody. But these activities and these results are pretty universal. It's not unusual, for example, when we put out a Salt Labs report detailing what happened on a fintech platform, for example, we will get a flood of inbounds going, was that me? I think that was us. I, we, we think that you were profiling us. It's like, no, you, it wasn't you. But it shows how, how widespread it is. So I think in this area, there's a lot, of, a lot of financial gain to be had. And this is the kind of data that we need to be focused on protecting. Is there anything else that you feel like we should talk or should we wrap this up? There's just one other area that I thought was really interesting. We asked about, you know, API security can solve a lot of problems for you. It has a lot of use cases, right? We just talked about some of the data exfiltration, finding shadow or zombie APIs. Um, and when we ask what attributes do you value most? And, and there's a whole range. We give six different attributes. What was interesting to us was, and I, I'm, I think the reason I'm surprised is just the broader security landscape. So I'll tie it to that in a moment. The number one attribute that they valued highly was stopping attacks. And I think we could all sit there and say, well, yeah, that's obvious. But actually, the least valued was shift left, which I found interesting, right? Applying shift left practices. Shift left has so much attention. APIs are close to the developer side, of course. And so there's been a lot of talk about the role of shift left with API. And I think what the survey finding highlights is shift left is valuable, but it's a little bit down the road valuable, right? It's going to help you on the assets still to come online. And it's going to provide lower overall value because at the end of the day, an API attack is a business logic attack. And you can't exercise that in static code analysis. So there's limits to what you can do with shift left. I found it really interesting that the you know the people surveyed here recognize that get safe now is like the number one issue and get safe later have some future impact on hardening apis was a, a distant a distant um last recognized uh, or last valued attribute i thought that that was very interesting because i think we can get a little overly excited about the power of shift left and I think that this shows people are thinking about it the right way. Uh, Michelle, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking time out today and talk about not only this report, but also, you know, what are the real concerns there? What are not concerned? Because sometimes we look at it and we're like, hey, you know, this is a major issue. Like, as you mentioned, budget, it will, you know, not have that much impact. We talked about, you know, GraphQL as well. And also uh, other use cases where it may be a concern or not. But uh, thanks for sharing all those insights. And as usual, I would love to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sorpio. Have a wonderful day.